Before we get started, a quick disclosure. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. And with that, hello and welcome to the Rangeley Capital Podcast. This is a 15-minute long podcast and the clock starts now. I'm Chris DeMuth, a portfolio manager at Rangeley, and with me as always is my co-host and fellow Rangeley portfolio manager, <laughs> Andrew Walker. It is Wednesday, June 1st. Today we're going to turn our eyes to our favorite oracle, Warren Buffett, and think a little bit about what could be left on his shopping list. Warren Buffett has less than a week to go uh, with his uh, payments from his preferred in Kraft Heinz. Uh, he's in such a good mood when he wakes up in each morning because he gets about $2 million every time he wakes up in preferred uh, distributions from Kraft Heinz. It's been a fantastic uh, investment for him. Uh, in 2013, 3G uh, bought uh, Heinz for $28 billion. Uh, Buffett and Berkshire, uh, Berkshire's uh, uh, shareholders, uh, got $4 billion of the deal for about a half for a half ownership, uh, as well as a eight billion dollar preferred stock. It offered a nine percent annual dividend uh, to finance the deal, uh, and also got some warrants. Nine uh, percent does not sound that spectacular. It is actually right at the average nominal equity return uh, since 1900. But in this day and age, it's spectacular. It's really extremely good. If you look at it compared to what the company borrows at, it is a very high return. Uh, Buffett uh, has it uh, and has been very happy with it. Uh, it's been a home run deal. Uh, Berkshire put in uh, under $10 billion in equity to buy over a quarter of Kraft Heinz. The stake's worth now almost a triple uh, at about $27 billion. Uh, and the preferreds have been paying 9% for three years. Uh, June 7th is going to come around shortly. Uh, Warren Buffett is going to be screening his uh, phone calls. He's going to lock his mailbox, and he's going to be going around Omaha wearing a disguise in hopes that they don't find him to shove his $8 billion back in his face. This is the Buffett equivalent of a deadbeat guy who doesn't pay his credit card. He's a creditor, but is not going to want this cash back. And uh, he's going to get it. Um, and so the next question we turn to is what happens once he gets this money back? Yeah, so Chris, uh, it's been a great investment, the preferreds. The Kraft's going to give him his $8.4 billion back. And he said it's uh, the prepayment news is good news for Kraft, but bad news for Berkshire because they're certainly going to replace it with a lot lower cost of capital uh, debt. And Berkshire's already got about $50 billion in cash on their balance sheet. Uh, they'll have another $8.4 billion from this, and the company generates another $1 billion or $2 billion of kind of pocket change per month. So they've got a growing cash budget. Uh, Warren Buffett's elephant gun is reloaded, and I think our question in turns to, uh, you know, what is Warren Buffett going to buy next? And one of the big things that we've talked about before is uh, we even mentioned in our May 18th podcast, Warren Buffett's Bucket List is we think he wants to deploy a lot of capital now so that he kind of ties his predecessor's hands and his predecessor doesn't get to successor. deploy that capital. Uh, successor. His successor doesn't get to deploy that capital. So anything he buys now is something he gets to allocate, not his successor. Uh, I think we've got a lot of ideas of what we think he can buy. I think high on the list are Coke, uh, Kraft Heinz, a couple others. Do you want to start with one? you want me to kick it off with one? I think Coke is a, a very interesting a possibility. 
uh, both uh, Buffett uh, and uh, Georges Paulo, uh, when they've spoken about deals recently, ahead of three G, ahead of three G, yeah. have kind of spoken eagerly about scale. This issue of scale really is a big deal to both of them. Mm-hmm. Smaller things, he kind of passes off. He especially now uh, that he has Ted and Todd and other people mm-hmm. uh, to work on smaller situations. He really wants to uh, leave his mark. Uh, and do something that moves the needle for Berkshire overall. So let's dive into Coke. This would be, I think it might be the biggest merger of all time. Mm-hmm. This would be, after a premium and everything, we're talking almost a $250 billion merger. Berkshire already owns 18 to $20 billion of it, but it, they, it'd be a huge deal. They'd need to, go to, the, they'd need to issue tons of stock. They'd need to issue tons of debt. Uh, so... The, the moonshot theory is he could buy the company himself. Probably more likely is he teams with, as you mentioned, 3G. And 3G uses Ambev, Budweiser, which is merging with SAB Miller. They use that in six months or a year once they've kind of started to digest SAB Miller to come and buy Coke for uh, stock. And I think that deal would be very interesting. There would be some synergies from purchasing, distribution, probably a little bit on advertising, back office stuff. But the real synergy when you look at that is 3G is pretty widely regarded as probably the best operators in the world. Absolutely. And when you look at Coke, uh, you know, Coke says they use zero-based budgeting. But if you look at what people say, their track record of cost cutting is poor. The cost cuts take years to realize. Operating expenses are kind of well above peer benchmarks levels. And if 3G took them over, it would uh, it would not be happy times in Atlanta for a year. There would be tons of layoffs. They'd be slashing budgets. Getting out of expensive leases, but uh, you can kind of look at what 3G did with Heinz. They took over Heinz and cut out 20% of SG&A in a year, and I think that might be conservative for what they do with Coke. And what they did with Anheuser-Busch. Yep. I mean, when they bought Anheuser-Busch, I was a shareholder, and I spoke regularly with management, and uh, people in St. Louis were all looking at each other because they tried to put a brave face on it, but they knew uh, once 3G got their hands on it, there'd be tons of cost savings. I think the other option, if uh, Buffett wanted to do a deal with Coke, but kind of didn't didn't want to or couldn't buy the whole thing, because look, $200 billion is a huge deal for anyone, uh, biggest deal of all time again, Uh when Buffett's got a lot of Coke stock with a very low cost basis, and a couple years ago he had a lot of Procter & Gamble stock with a very low cost basis. And what he did with that stock is he went to Procter & Gamble and said, hey, I'll trade you all of this stock for one of your business units, in this case Duracell. And that's a very tax-efficient swap because you don't have to pay taxes on it. Allows the company to retire a bunch of shares all in one fell swoop. So Buffett, uh, he's got a lot of low tax basis Coke stock. He could go to Coke and say, hey, you're looking to get rid of your bottlers and distributors. Why don't you just swap them to me for all of your uh, for all of the stock I have in you? Uh, I think there could be some logic to that because these are capital-intensive businesses that would probably fit very well with the insurance companies that Berkshire owns. Uh, Coke's already looking to unload them, so it's kind of a natural swap there. So the deal would make sense, but I think I would be surprised if it happened. Uh, one of the big points is... Coke's very proud to have Buffett as a shareholder, and I think their investors might panic if Buffett kind of traded his stock in. And then the other thing is Buffett's really got an attachment to Coke, both both emotionally because it's one of his best investments of all time and because he loves the product. I mean, I think he drank six cherry Cokes while he was at his annual meeting. So I, I just wonder if both emotionally, if either side would be wanting would want to do that. The pieces are tricky to put together. That, by the way, is my favorite deal, is to do a Coke bottlers deal. Uh, I have to say, though, 
on one hand, it's hard to put the pieces together. On the other hand, boy, not only does he have this massive balance sheet, but he has access to the most interesting pieces around. You mm-hmm. know, uh, you have to kind of struggle with where the money is, where the dates are, and where the mandates are. But uh, if you could do it right, you know, there are operating businesses that Berkshire could take private, that Berkshire could do a deal with 3G. Berkshire could do a deal with Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation too. I mean, his mm-hmm. best friend. You know, they've never they've never really invested together in an operating business, and uh, 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 you know, they they could do, they could do something too. The dates are tricky, but uh, there's just huge uh, pockets of money that he still has access to outside of Berkshire for a marginal call in terms of scale. And I think that uh, at some point uh, uh, he's going to do something really big. Very interesting. So we've talked about kind of the whale, which is Coke and all the mm-hmm. Coke assets. But I think there are a lot of other things that are maybe reasonably more likely for Buffett to do probably by himself. Do you want to start there? You want me to start if, there? If, if I knew more about whales, I would pick the name of a smallish whale. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's see. Uh, we have we have uh, the um, Heinz Mandalay. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's... yeah. So Heinz Mandalay. Uh, I think either one could be an interesting choice. So A – a lot of people thought, you know, when he took uh, when he took this stake in Heinz, which became Kraft Heinz, everybody said, "Look, the end game is for him to take Kraft Heinz private and own all those brands yeah. under Berkshire." That's obviously the end game. Uh, you know, that would he already owns twenty six percent, but this would cost eighty billion, so that would be a it'd still be a very big deal. He probably would still have to issue equity, which he might be loath to do. Alternatively, he could partner with three G again and use Kraft Heinz to go buy Mondelez, which mm-hmm. is the snack maker. Uh, of Oreo that was spun out of Kraft in 2012. Uh, Mondelez still has a, it's kind of got a lot of SGNA. They've been working on zero based budgeting as well, but uh, people think their costs are still high, and a lot of people think, look at what they could do under a uh, 3G with zero based budgeting and kind of salivate. And uh, many investors, including Bill Ackman, are invested in Mondelez with the express thesis at some point it's natural for Kraft Heinz to come buy them. Uh, kind of along the same line, I think. General Mills or Kellogg, uh, both are in the 30 to $40 billion range. He's got a long history with both. Uh, so he could buy either uh, in Berkshire or he could partner with Kraft Heinz and have them do that as well. So I think all of those are big public companies that would make a lot of sense for Warren Buffett to be looking at. Go ahead. Um, let's see. What else? Um, do we talk about Mars yet? No, no, Mars. No, Mars uh, private company. So, Go um, for it. Mars, uh, a... a uh, a company in some ways culturally uh, much like uh, uh, Berkshire Hathaway. It's kind mm-hmm. of a uh, strip mall, uh, little uh, storefront. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier on, you know, a couple brothers uh, who drove Buicks and kind of showed up at a very, very uh, um, uh, impressive company with a modest uh, infrastructure. One of the most valuable uh, private companies in the world mm-hmm. um, and makes products that Buffett uh, can easily understand with uh, excellent uh, brand names. Yeah, so uh, Mars is a private company. They're the company that makes uh, M&Ms, a lot of snacks. They brought Wrigley in 2007-2008 and it would be about a $60 billion plus deal. It's tough to estimate because they're private, but I think one of the big things here is Warren Buffett has a very long history with them. Mm-hmm. He loves the candy business. He owns C's currently. Uh, the, it's got a lot of characteristics that Buffett likes. He loves to buy family business businesses. They've got great brands. 
And he's got a long history with them. And we've seen in the past, he loves to buy businesses that he lo- has a long history with. Uh, you know, he's bu- he bought a lot of newspapers in 2012 and coming up to today. With uh, Mars, he gave them financing to help them buy Wrigley during the mm-hmm. financial crisis. And he's even mentioned that he sold sticks of gum as a child. So I think he's got that deep emotional connection that you kind of see with a lot of his investments. Except for some of the foreign acquisitions... Uh, each of the Berkshire big deals have always been kind of one degree away from something he was already working on and thinking about. Geico, like, like Geico, which is one of his best investments of all time. You know, ben Graham was the chairman for a while, and it was one of his best investments ever. And then Warren Buffett kind of rolled into it. And you can see that through a lot of his investments. Yeah, it's just kind of one degree of Warren Buffett. And you can see what he's looking at. Culturally, the Mars family might well like a steward. Uh, and he's kind of, uh, you know, uh, in a... In a, in a class of his own in terms of uh, a steward of something of that scale. Um, you know, they're super wealthy. Um, not to say they're not economic in terms of who they would sell to, but it's reasonable that they would want uh, their business cared for in the future. He could do it. Uh, along similar lines, I think both of you and I were looking today, and Hershey, which makes Hershey uh, chocolate, would uh, that would qualify just pretty much on all the same points at Mars, except on a slightly smaller scale. I think their market cap is about $20 billion, mm-hmm. but you know they're still controlled by the Hershey Family Trust, Sleepy Company, great brands. He's got a long history with them. He loves chocolate. So I think Hershey's another one he could do. And both Mars and Hershey's are probably one that he would do uh, through Berkshire, not partnering with 3G. Yeah. I think he might have a little bit too deep of an emotional connection to do the 3G-style zero-based budgeting with them. Uh, and 3G would be a hard fit with Hershey. Hershey, you know, if you look at their articles and bylaws, they are not profit-maximizing. Mm-hmm. If you buy shares in them, you're very much signing up for something with a very kind of uh, a mandate that is multivariable. Uh, and yeah. uh, 3G would be a big I just don't think conflict. I just don't think the trust, the, the Hershey Trust, which controls them through yeah. uh, super voting shares, I just don't think they would ever consider selling to 3G. Uh, let's see some more. I think we also have some fast food targets that he might uh, he might be interested in. Do you want to take those? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, um, yep. You know, it has a family-owned, run by a uh, older uh, patriarch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he probably objected. I was about to say elderly. I don't think he, <laughs> but uh, older fellow, over 80. Uh, and uh, it's a great brand. Uh, I've only had it once in my life. I'm not a big fast food guy, but you brought me, uh, we were going to a presentation. I needed to eat at the last minute. You brought me one, and it was Fantastic. I mean, it just blew me away at how good it was. <laughs> I've only had it once a week for every year of my life. I love Chick-fil-A. But, uh, it's so good. Yeah, I think it would fit very well with uh, Warren Buffett. So it's a great brand. He already owns Dairy Queen, so he's kind of familiar with the fast food restaurant. And it's got the family-owned thing. And in this case, there's a really large opportunity for growth. Chick-fil-A only has about 2,000 stores in the U.S. McDonald's has 16,000. KFC has 4,500. You know, maybe Chick-fil-A is a little more upscale than them. I, I don't think you can say that much about a restaurant. But there's certainly huge room for growth. They mentioned – I've seen articles that say it's harder to apply for and get a Chick-fil-A store than it is to get into Harvard. So they turn a lot of people down. They, they really limit their growth. Uh, I think it would fit really well with uh, Buffett's culture. You know, I don't think they'd want to sell to private equity because Chick-fil-A, one of the big things is we're closed on Sunday. We're family owned. We only Our franchisees only own one store. And a private equity company would come in and probably want to change a lot of that, have mega franchisees open on Sundays to maximize profits. And I think Warren Buffett would be willing to keep that culture intact. I, I think he would. The one issue is politics. The family is uh, a outspokenly uh, conservative. He is outspokenly 
uh, it, it's complicated to say exactly where he stands, but he's a, he's a Democrat, a, a partisan, and mm-hmm. uh, outspoken on birth control and other issues. Um, you know, he, I think, has found uh, doing philanthropy through Berkshire to be a huge hassle that he's glad to be rid of. It's something he's not doing anymore. They did for a while in the past. Uh, and so maybe it is an issue that could be dealt with. But in terms of just the process that might be a stumbling block. Yeah, yeah. I I think one thing if you read Snowball, which is the the book to read if you want to know more about Warren Buffett, he used to do the Berkshire uh the Berkshire charitable contribution plan where mm-hmm. shareholders could choose where their charitable contribution goes. And he had to stop that because a lot of people were funding birth control, family planning type things, and conservative groups were protesting that. So he had to end it uh, but he's clearly supported birth control. There's some things that say he's been the biggest backer of family planning, birth control type things in the United States. And I don't know how that would mesh with a very Christian family. Go ahead. Incidentally, uh, I'll throw out Charlie Munger, who is a big Republican, is one of the other top ones as well. <laughs> so it's something that they actually agree on in politics. Very aligned there. All right. I, I think we're almost out of time. So I'll just throw this out there. The last one that we kind of had on our list, very similar to Chick-fil-A, Burger King, which now owns Tim Hortons as well. It's controlled by 3G. Warren Buffett has invested in there too. It's got the fast food thing. It's asset light. Uh, I think that's very much in play for Warren Buffett's take private as well. Uh, I would not be surprised if sometime in the next year we are doing a podcast discussing him buying one of these companies that we mentioned. There were a few more that we had on our radar, but I guess we'll have to leave listeners uh, wondering what those were. So, Chris, any last thoughts? I have nothing to add. Nothing to add. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Before we hit our disclosures, just a quick reminder. If you like this podcast, please be sure to follow and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Audioboom. We're no longer on SoundCloud. If you have any feedback for us, please feel free to email it to us at podcast at rangelycapital.com. Uh, disclosures, none for me. And Chris, I think you're along Berkshire. Berkshire. Okay. And that's it. And we'll talk to you either later this week or next week. Have a good day.